Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, Disney animator Rick Farmelo to the show. Welcome, Rick. I'm excited to be here, Tammy. Thank you. I know. I'm excited to have you on the show. We we met a couple months ago at D23 Expo. Right. We didn't get to talk. Uh-huh. We didn't we didn't get to talk a lot. I was hoping we'd get to talk more because there was so much going on. You were sitting next to Ed Asner. I kind of wanted to talk about right. this before we got into the animation yeah. part, but. <laughs> awesome i mean i i you know of course i watched mary Tyler Moore when i was younger and um i wish i could say i'm too young to remember it but i'm not um anyway but yeah i used to, I used to love that guy and he'll, you know on, on the mary Tyler Moore show and then also uh the the, the legrant show and then he did the voice of the old guy and up so we we got along great i spent a lot of time talking to him during some sort of slow periods and we talked about his career and all these actors he used to work with because i have a pretty good understanding of old movie and TV history. So I knew a lot of the people he was talking about. Anyway, he was a really awesome guy. I loved being able to sit next to him. So can you tell us a little bit about your your beginnings and your start into the animation business? You know, did you kind of start when you were younger? And- well, yeah, I started much, you know, I was much younger. Um, you know, I just spent my whole life drawing. I mean, my, my story is very typical of most, I think, animators and people that got into it. Um, I drew my whole life. That's all I wanted to do. That's all my focus was. I mean, it wasn't that as, that isn't all I did. I mean, I had, I was a normal kid and I, I played sports. I'm a big sports fan. So I played, you know, I was a decent athlete. I played sports and I had lots of friends. So I wasn't like a a shut in or a, you know, socially inept sort of guy, but, um, but I just drew my whole life. That's all I wanted to do. I mean, when I was a really little kid, I saw Pinocchio and I just, I remember thinking, God, I don't even know what that is, but I want to do that. I want to have those those drawings move around like that. So from when I was, I think like eight or so, um, I, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And I just kind of sort of followed that path and everything I did sort of had to do with that, including, including, you know, getting really bad math grades and things like that. But, um, <laughs> Same but here. I, you know, like, all, trust me, all, all, all cartoonists and animators are bad students, but, um, so I just sort of geared my life to doing that. And I met Charles Schultz when I was, yeah, he, I'm, I'm from Santa Rosa and he lived in Santa Rosa. So I went, took my portfolio to him when I was like in high school and he recommended me talking to Bill Melendez, who he did all the peanut specials with. So my parents took me to, came, came down to LA, you know, from the Bay area. And we talked to Bill Melendez and for like a couple hours, he was so awesome. And he kind of gave me some pointers on what school I should go to and, and sort of what the business is like. And so I kind of followed his advice and I was going to go to CalArts. It's a, this is a whole long story. But anyway, I ended up working down here instead of going to CalArts. I was going to go to CalArts and I was 
particular semester, but I started working at a studio called Filmation. They were going to hire new, new, new people from, you know, from this class they were going to have, and they were going to hire the best people from their class. So Bob Clampett, who I also met, was another one of my heroes, animation heroes, and an incredibly good friend when I was really younger, um, told me about this class. I took the class and I got hired out of the class. And so I started animating at Filmation back in 79, doing stuff like Tom and Jerry and Mighty Mouse and um, what else did I do? Uh, I think The Lone Ranger. I, I did this cartoon called Quackula. Um, but it was just the very beginning. It was just, it was just a way to get in, in, introduced to the business. But what I really wanted to do is work for Disney. So I, after a couple of years of Filmation, I worked on my portfolio and got my drawings a lot better. I took figure drawing classes. And then I applied to Disney at the end of 1981. And I got, I surprisingly got hired. I didn't think I was going to, but I got hired. And so I was in January of 82, I started at Disney and I was started on the Black Cauldron and Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, as, a, as an assistant. So that was my beginning, my beginnings at Disney. One of the things on your resume that I really wanted to talk about is um, the great mouse detective, a.k.a. Yeah. Basil of Baker Street, yes. because I feel uh, that doesn't get as much love as it should. What particular character or characters were you working on for this film? Well, I, I was, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I got promoted to an animator just as this film was beginning. I was an assistant. I was doing all these personal tests and as I was working on my second or third personal test to be, you know, to, to, to move up, um, John Musker called me and said, oh, we're going to, by the way, we're going to, uh, you're going to be an animator. Just, he was John Sodrezik. Uh, so, Rick, we're going uh, to have you be an animator on Basil. And I'm like, what about this test I'm doing? Oh, you don't have to forget, forget the test. Don't, you don't have to worry about it. Anyway, so I was a beginning animator on Basil of Baker Street. And, Basil, to, and I tell people this, but, you know, the Black Cauldron was kind of the last of the old guard. And, uh, you know, we were these young guys that were there and, and, you know, we wanted to make our own films, you know, our, our way sort of. Um, and there's a whole, you know, Tim Burton was there, John Lasseter was there, John Musker, Ron Clements, Randy Cartwright, Jerry Reese. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. Glenn Keane, of course. Uh, I could go on and on with all these names that you, that you know. But um, we looked at Basil of Baker Street as our film. That was the first film the young guys got to do. So that, that film, I loved working on. I did a lot of different characters because I was a beginning animator. So they just gave me whatever, you know, whatever I needed to be done. I did a lot of the puppy, uh, Toby. I did a lot of him. He was really fun. I think he's probably the one I did most, if you could just name one character. But I also did some stuff of Basil and some stuff of uh, Dawson and um, the, the bat. Uh, what was his name? Fidget, the bat with a peg leg. Um, so it was a, just a really great sort of beginning for us. And that was our first, you know, the first film of the young guys doing, you know, on our own. And um, and it just, in, but people love that film. I hear it all the time. People come up to me and they tell me what films they like that I worked on. And that one always pops up, you know, and I'm really proud of what we did because we were, again, we were these young guys and it was for a lot of us, that was our very first film animating and John Musker and Ron Clemens, that was their first film they directed. And Bernie Mattinson was the producer who had directed, um, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. So we all, we were all, you know, it was cool. You know, we we're all really good friends and. Like I said, a good introduction for us to do our own, you know, our own or our own feature, you know. Now you also worked on Oliver and Company. Yeah, I was, I was like I was in charge of Einstein. Um, so it was fun because I had just come off of uh, Great Mouse and all said, "Wow, I'm I'm sort of leading on a character." Now I did there wasn't enough footage of him in the film to be to get me at like a lead 
title, but I, I didn't really care about that so much. It was just fun to have a, a character that was kind of mine and I got to sort of shape how he looked and I did a model, some model sheets of him and I got to give a talk on how to draw him and all that. And it was a fun, really, really fun film. It was a very, I think George Scribner, the director, wanted to make kind of a, not a typical Disney movie. He wanted to maybe feel a little more gritty, a little more modern. And I think he, I think we achieved that. Um, it did really well at the box office. It did better than Great Mouse Detective. So Great Mouse came out and did okay. And they said, well, all right, let's, we'll do another one, see how that goes. Um, so Oliver and Company came out and it, it did really well. It was a fun film. It was a kind of a grittier, sort of not typical Disney film. Um, yeah, I did Einstein, which is voiced by Richard Mulligan, who was, uh, he was on Soap and a bunch of other stuff. Real funny guy, really cool. Um, I also did some, a bunch of stuff of the two, um, the Dobermans, the big black bad guy. Uh, I remember him kicking over a TV set and it was fun doing those big, you know, mean characters. Cause I was always doing funny stuff. So doing those kind of tough guys was kind of fun too. I mean, all of us as animators want to watch if the guy, if the performer is a, you know, obviously he's doing the voice. We want to go to the recordings and watch him do the voice or him or her do the recording because of the acting that they put into it. Even though it's, it's not, they're not going to be seen on screen. They still act and they, their body moves and they have facial expressions and attitudes and I always loved going to the recordings and sketching and drawing them and getting their attitudes on on a sketchbook. And they would videotape all of the performances so we could always have the video to look at, too. And I they thought was thought that was instrumental to me. And I loved, a bunch of us, I think we loved going to the recordings to see, like I said, the perf actual performance. Um, so Richard Mulligan, I went to one or two of those. But the big one was on Little Mermaid I, when, when Buddy Hackett did Scuttle, which is the character I animated. I got to go to his voice recordings and he was I mean, he had this rubber face and he was very expressive. And the and Scuttle actually took on the characteristics of Buddy Hackett because he was such a card. He was like a living cartoon character. And Dave Steffen, who was the lead on the character, and, uh, and I would go to the recordings and 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 that's how we his actual design was shaped and Dave, Dave was more instrumental in his design as far as getting it to look the way it looked. Um, and, but that was, and I actually became friends with Buddy Hackett. I went to a bunch of the recordings and we actually became friends. I'd go to the Tonight Show when he was on and go to the dressing room and he was awesome. So, I mean, yeah, the answer to your question is yes, we do. A lot of us do meet the, the voice talent that, um, that, that, you know, that, that voices our characters. So now let's go back to Little Mermaid, because I know you want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, those meetings that you were having along with Howard Ashman, can you describe what those were like? Well, yes. I, first of all, the very first time I read the script, the very, very first draft of the script, I, I loved. I mean, I'm like, wow, this movie works. It works already. You know, and I remember reading and trying to figure out the what character I wanted to work on. Of course, I honed in on Scuttle because he was like this funny bird character. So I got to I was lucky I got to work on him even before the voice was cast. I just loved that character. But this one, like, wow, this whole thing works. And I remember going in early on. We all went into the theater and Howard was there and he says, okay, he's basically going to tell you the story of The Little Mermaid, you know. And he sat at the piano and he played all the songs. And, and in order and he would in between songs okay so again this is when this happens and then ariel does this and then he sing the song and basically told us the whole story through song it wasn't this was so new to animation because usually we'd have a you know you do a film and you put a you'd put songs in the film but this the entire story was told in song and i was like this is incredible i mean we can visualize what was going to happen you know and that's the first time that's ever happened i was like wow 
wow, this is, this is going to be something special. And then, you know, we just, you know, I would, again, I would go into story meetings, gag, gag passes, comedy passes, that kind of thing to try to you know, make it funnier and stuff. But I remember the very first, first time I saw this a screening of the film, it was, it was still very rough. It was basically all storyboarded, a little bit of animation in it. But I remember walking out going, man, this, this movie, this is exactly why I wanted to be an animator. You know, this is this is this is what I wanted to do. This is why I got into this business because I want to do something special like this. And I was like just overwhelmed to how great, you know, that how great we knew it was going to be. You know, we again, this had nothing to do with financial rewards or box office or any of that stuff or if it's going to last or anything. We just wanted to make a, a I think a lot of us just sort of felt, you know, we got that name Walt Disney up there. And that really meant a lot to us that we have this legacy to to. Um, respect and and it's you know we we took the response you know we have a responsibility to make that legacy continue and do great work and i think that the little mermaid to me represented that commitment to you know doing great films you know trying to do great films and that are that honor walt's name you know that, that's how i looked at it and it, it came along with beauty and the beast and then aladdin and so beauty and the beast you're working on lafu and aladdin you're working on abu you know what happened with abu is he didn't talk if you notice he just makes little chattering noises but as the film goes on frank would put little you could almost hear him like he would actually kind of talk you know it's just something he was playing with like and so at the beginning of the film he just chatters and as the film goes on you can almost hear him save things yeah he does say stuff and you can barely audible i thought that was awesome that he threw that in there um there's a scene of jasmine and um aladdin up on the roof this is fairly early on in the film and abu's up there and he's got an apple he just wants to get out of there and so i did abu and all that whole sequence and glenn glenn keen and uh and mark hen did aladdin and jasmine and i did abu and um he does say uh, he just say he did abu does say oh boy and he kind of puts his hand on his his head on his hand, like, oh boy, you know, and so you kind of hear him say that. So there's little inflections that Frank did. As far as how he moved and stuff, I was thinking more of my son because my son was about three at the time, my son Grant, and um, he had this little attitude. He had a little temper and he'd have an attitude and it was really cute as a, for a three-year-old to have like an attitude. And so I, you know, I thought of him when I was doing that sequence because Abu was getting really mad at that. Aladdin. It's like, who's this, you know, who's this chick? Let's get out of here. He didn't say that. But I mean, his attitude was, let's get out of here. Let's forget her and beat it, you know. But, uh, you know, Aladdin was falling in love with her. So, of course, he's not going to leave. Anyway, I kind of used my son more as far as like a model of what he was going to look like. And you mentioned earlier about the, the sort of the side characters, but that's pretty much all I did. I only did sidekicks. And that's what I liked because the sidekicks, you had the freedom. to. They were only in there for laughs. So I had the freedom to come up with gags and stuff like it was something that might be storyboarded and I might kind of have a different idea. I um, real quickly, I did a, there was a scene of when, a, when in Aladdin, when Abu turns into the elephant, I did practically all the elephants. I love the elephants from Jungle Book that John Lounsbury did. And so I wanted to do when he's the elephant. I was like, oh, God, I really want to do him as the elephant. I, I want to do all the scenes of him as the elephant. So John and Ron let me do most of the, the scenes you see of him as the elephant. I did. There's a few that I didn't. But. Um, well, of course, when he turns into the elephant, he doesn't, he's not the monkey anymore. So he doesn't really go with Aladdin anywhere. He doesn't, he can't put him, he can't run on his shoulder. So he's just kind of there. So I was trying to think of a way to get him back in the, in the film, you know, cause he's not doing anything. There's a scene of him with jazz, I'm sorry, with Aladdin and the genie. They're like in the jungle talking about, um, Jasmine and the, the elephants and sitting in the back, he's just over on the side. And so I was trying to think of a way to keep him 
obviously keep him in the film. So I came up with the idea of having him. I went to John and said, look, what if, if he still thinks he's an, he thinks he's a monkey. He's an elephant, but he still thinks he's a monkey. So he's trying to peel bananas and he's just squishing them all. He can't peel them because he has these big giant hands, you know, he doesn't have fingers. So he's just squishing them and throwing them over his shoulder. So they liked that idea and they actually made that a scene. So rather than just have him in the back as a held cell, they actually turned that into a scene that's in the movie. It's kind of funny, I guess. I don't know. But, but anyway, that's just an example of being able to do work on sidekicks, you can come up with your own. Sometimes you can come up with ideas to maybe plus, you know, plus the gag that's already there. Now let's talk about some of your most recent projects that you've worked on. Um, I'm doing, I'm free. I'm basically a freelancer. I've done um, last year or two years ago, I, I worked for Leica. I worked on the box trolls. I did um, facial animation on 2d on paper that they transferred to the puppets because they wanted to have better acting. And it's incredible how it, how it came out. So I was really, really proud to have worked on the box trolls. Um, and I'm just, I, I freelance. I do, um, I'm doing some stuff for, uh, for Tom and Jerry at Warner brothers. I'm doing some storyboards for them. I'm doing, um, of some YouTube videos. I just did a YouTube video for this, um, guy, Sam Macaroni, who's a brilliant director who, um, does a lot of YouTube videos. I did some animation for him on his latest YouTube video, which is, uh, it's like, it's Disney's Indiana Jones, the studio is owned by Disney, this YouTube studio called Maker. Um, and so I did some animation for him. It's a live action, a uh, little short, but it's got some animation in it. So, I mean, basically I freelance a lot and I do a lot of um, doing, still doing a lot of 2D. I'm still, do, still doing a lot of 2D. Um, anyway, so that's kind of what, like the latest, you know, the latest stuff I've you know, I've, I've done, you know, there's a lot of, I've, I've been really lucky to have worked on some pretty great projects, pretty great films. And, and more importantly, with some incredibly great people, incredibly, incredibly talented people, um, directors and, and, uh, and other animators and follow up people. And I mean, it's, I've been really lucky. I mean, I, I, I try to do a good job, but I, but I also think I've been really fortunate to have worked on some, some pretty big big movies that people obviously they still remember them so that's pretty cool well now i have three disney questions i always ask okay. my guests uh they're called okay. the fab three so we'll okay. start with the donald one which is as a child what disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater the very first thing i saw was uh sword in the stone and i really i remember think i was really little when that came out and i remember just the colors of i remember blue i remember seeing lots of blue and how cool that was and just kind of overwhelmed by all the colors but Pinocchio was the one I saw where I, re where I realized it had this and it had this gigantic impact on me where I said, that's what I want to do. I don't know what that is, but I want to, you know, think even not even as a job, you just like, I just want to go home and do that. You know? So I think Pinocchio was the one that really, I think, uh, inspired me the most. Our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Wow. My best friend. Good question. Um, my best friend. Probably Jiminy Cricket. I love his spirit. I love I me. Mean, I love. I just animated him actually for that video I'm telling you about the the YouTube video. He was fun. Man, he's so fun to animate. I I love his spirit. I love his. He's so positive, and um, you know, he sings. He's a he's a cute little singer. Um, I think he. You know, in or Mickey Mouse. I Mickey Mouse would be awesome. He'd be fun to hang out with. I think he'd be a, a really good a loyal friend. I like it. And speaking of Mickey, yeah. our Mickey question: If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, okay, you know what? I mean, this is an obvious one, but the one I, the one that actually moves me, 
uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to since this can't be a film I worked on. I'm not going to name the, the I'm not going to name part of your world, but because that's too it's personal. I worked on the movie, so of course that's going to have some kind of power. But probably when you wish upon a star, because again, going back to Pinocchio, because that I think that, and of course that's at the beginning of the lo- it's on the logo, you know, Disney that the beginning of it. I think when you wish upon a star is it is the it's kind of the dream you know the dream of when i was younger wanted to be an animator and that was that's that signifies dreaming and wanting to reach your dream and wishing wishing something so hard you know and it's a it's a very emotional obviously a very emotional song in the movie and at the end of it it comes back and we hear it at the end of pinocchio but i think that's that typifies disney to me it's it's this the, the wonderment the magic the you know whether you're whether it's you want to work there and be an animator or whatever you want to do at Disney or you just love the world you love the Disney world and when you know, I think that when you wish upon a star just really typifies everything not only the studio was about but Walt Disney was about so that's the one I think is probably the the, the most powerful to me. Well, I have to thank you so much for coming on the show, Rick. I, I I can't believe we we saw each other a couple months ago, and hopefully we'll see each other in another year or so at the next D twenty three Expo. I love doing this interview. I know it's we went way over what we were talking about, but yeah, I'm glad. I mean, it, it's it's cool. Like I said, I, I I feel really lucky. I've worked with really incredible people and. Yeah, I, I still get inspired. You know, that's what's fun about anime to me, and, and the people that, that still do it. We still are like kids. We get so inspired by things, and it's it's exciting. And there's nothing I'd rather do than be sitting at my desk animating. I mean, there's really nothing I'd rather do than that. And if I'm doing that, I'm really happy. So, um, you know, it's it's been a really it's been a really fun career so far, and you know, there's still a lot more to go. But I, you know, I love talking about this stuff. It's hard to be humble when you know everything. I may have an ego, but it's under my wing. Everyone wants answers, no ifs, ands, or buts, so I show off politely.